no, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, uh, we, the bears are what we thought they were. What, what, what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. Oh! One more time. Oh! One more time. Essentials. On today's show, we recap day two and day three of the Reese's Senior Bowl and much more. What's good, Prez? Brother, 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 man. I'm so glad that we got an off day here. <laughs> it's, it's crazy, right? It's not like you and I out there practicing, but these are some long days out here. You know, when you're covering practices, doing the interviews, podcasting, cutting up content. So today, after we podcast, man, I'm going to have a nice day doing absolutely fucking nothing. <laughs> I like that, bro, because you're right, man. All that running around, side to side, across the field, man, everywhere, man, just trying to talk to different players and, you know, and just getting good content, man. So you're right. It's a lot of work involved with that. But today, I'm with you, man. Time to take a mental break. Once we uh, get done recording this, this is going over to the editor. I'm going off the grid, A-Dub, to see you tomorrow at the game. <laughs> hey, audience, as A-Dub mentioned, we got a lot of content on deck for you guys, breaking down not only day two, but also day three of the Senior Bowl. But before we get there, we would be remiss if we didn't touch on some of the, the recent happenings in Bears land, right? So there's been a lot of listeners that have been hitting us up. They're like, guys, was Luke Getzey really the problem in Chicago? Because he's starting to stack up a lot of interviews around the league, and it seems like he was respected around the league. And so, A-Dub, I said, you know what? We're going to take a little moment here to address this elephant in the room because I have seen a lot of that shit on Twitter, man. So what, what you thinking, man, when it comes to the situation with Getzey? I know you were a Getzey guy. <laughs> so, so what's your thoughts on Getzey getting all these interviews, man? I think people are trying to um, fill them out right because – there are a lot of folks, as you know, Perez, who are not as high on Justin Fields as much as maybe you and I. So people are trying to figure out, okay, what was the real problem in Chicago? Was it really Lou Getty or was it just the situation, the culture there in Chicago? So therefore, you know, people are giving him a second chance, right? So he's getting these interviews because you're right. People were high on Lou Getty before he got to Chicago. And now all of a sudden things didn't go so well. So does Lou Getty deserve another opportunity? Maybe. Who knows? To your point, what a lot of people probably are thinking with this situation is, okay, is it totally all his fault? Because then they may say he did bring Justin along. Um, mm -hmm. They had a lot of injuries that they had to deal with. And then they had to turn over things to a rookie quarterback in Tyson Beijing at, at certain points. So maybe some teams around the league are kind of looking at that and saying, you know, let's bring the guy in. Let's kick the tires on him and see what's up. But it also could be a situation, A-Dub, well, maybe some of these teams are kind of trying to get information and insight on what was going on with the Bears. Right. Maybe some teams may be trying to figure out, man, is Justin Fields a guy that we potentially can go after? Because if I'm looking at the Raiders, the Patriots, and the Saints, these are all teams that need quarterbacks. That makes a big difference right there. You think about a guy like Lou Getze, who's shown some flashes, right, in Chicago. It's like, hey, you know what? Could he help some other quarterbacks out? And I can't say everything was a total disaster like you're alluding to in Chicago because it wasn't. We did see some growth out of Justin Fields. And maybe they feel like, you know what, a different type of quarterback, maybe Lou Gessie can probably help those traditional type 
quarterbacks versus someone who's more of a dual threat like a Justin Fields. Now, my other piece of that was also just saying, could some of these teams potentially be interested in maybe acquiring a Justin Fields? Would the Patriots mm-hmm. be interested in, in a Justin Fields move? I don't know, right? Because we're starting to hear all this smoke now when it comes out of Las Vegas that, think about it, Cliff Kingsbury, who has a really good relationship with Caleb Williams and his family, has been hired as the office coordinator in Vegas. Mm. And it's been long rumored from some people that I've talked to down here at the Senior Bowl that Caleb Williams and his team would not mind playing for Vegas. I wouldn't mind playing for Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> I was just oh, I saying. Know how, I, I, I know how your ass is in Vegas, though. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, man, you know, Vegas is becoming a destination, you know, Perez. And um, the weather there, of course, we know is great. The environment is great. And um, you know what? I can see a guy like him, you know, having a good time in Vegas. So, you know, if it works out, the chips fall that way. Good for him. But to this point, like, hey, would not be a bad idea. And I think Vegas is a team that, of course, you know, going through his adversity, but that's a team that can definitely rise up. My only issue with that, though, is if we were to make a trade with them, the where Vegas is picking, the, the Raiders, they own the 11th pick in the draft, right? So mm. at that point, obviously it's going to cost them a shit ton <laughs> to, to move <laughs> up to one, but it takes us out of consideration for Marvis Harrison Jr., which is a guy that – most Bears fans are clamoring for it, right? Right, right. So right. it's just one of those things of we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what's going to be the consensus. You know, there, there's all this chatter because we're down here. We see Kerry Joseph down here. And obviously, you and I have had opportunities to go over there and talk to the different scouts and things of that nature. But they're not going to give you anything tangible. So there's people on Twitter that are – putting out pictures with them with Kerry Joseph and putting up pictures with them with scouts audience, please don't look at that stuff and think that anybody knows anything or if they try to say that they know something, they don't know shit. <laughs> Poles don't even know what he going to do yet. <laughs> and he right. with the plan. <laughs> You're not going to get much out of these guys, man. And um, they're focusing on, you know what, watching the players scout all those different things, prayers and have to go back to the drawing board and evaluate what they've, uncover from being at the senior bowl so right now they're focusing on work so to your point they're not gonna give you anything at all about where they're gonna land at but from a lot of the scouts that i've talked to bro not bear scouts but just some some team scouts i i did promise that i wouldn't divulge what team that they were coming from but these are like at least three scouts that i talked to and they feel that it's a high probability aw that the bears will draft caleb williams in my opinion i told them hey I'm with Justin. <laughs> I want to get a kid another shot. Also, plus, I just love those draft picks that potentially could come our way. But what the scout told me, he was like, look, man, he said, if you look at the tea leaves, he said, look at some of the things that are going on behind the scenes. He's like, the Bears are very interested in him. But then I said, okay, but then what about all these reports that are coming out, people claiming internally that there's certain parts of Caleb Williams' personality, his behaviors, that probably wouldn't bode well with the McCaskey family. And they're like, a lot of that stuff that he said, he thinks it's smokescreen. And he said, there's a lot of things that are put, being put out there that are not true when it comes to Caleb Williams and his character and his father and things of that nature. So I wonder why a lot of this noise is out here about Caleb. Well, you know, there's always the good side. and There's always, a, you know, an opportunity side. And people want to nitpick that piece of it, right? And I think right now he's being nitpicked. 
And um, he's not the first quarterback, as you know, have gone through this process. But that's what it is, man. Some people want to tarnish him a little bit, you know, in that way. But to your point, you know, that is something there where the Bears can look at and say, you know what, maybe it's not that big of a deal if they really want to go out to Caleb Williams. And the other part of that prayer is the Bears better show interest because one thing for sure, if they are the trade number one pick, you want to make sure you get the most out of it, as you've always been talking about. So that's another key factor right there. We're not going to say we don't want the number one draft pick. You know, we, we don't want to say we don't want Caleb Williams. We want to sell it as big as we possibly can, even if we decide to trade that pick or not. A hundred percent on that, but then also try to get the most you can for Justin if that is the move that they decide to make. And right. I was even thinking as far as timetable, if the Bears were to move on from Justin Fields, A-Dub, it has to be around the time of the combine, in my opinion, because that's probably where you're going to be able to fleece a team. Because if you wait any longer than that, the teams are going to start kind of filling up their quarterback you know, spots. Yeah, and the thing is, Perez, you're right. You want to make sure you make a, a good move do it fast, efficiently. And the thing is, you got to look out for a guy like Justin Fields. You know, you don't want to put him behind the eight ball either, right? So if you got to trade him, you know, you want to give him time to try to, you know, build some kind of camaraderie with the city that he's going to, wherever he's going to. And lastly, you got to think about quarterbacks, veteran quarterbacks in the league right now that are going to have their choices of locations. Kirk Cousins, he's going to decide on what he's going to do. Yep. And Baker Mayfield as well. Isn't it crazy that Baker Mayfield made a name for himself out here? <laughs> Salute to Baker Mayfield, man. He, had, he bounced back this season, bro. He sure did, yeah, man. All right, A-Dub, day two, Senior Bowl. Now, on this day, we were greeted with some really beautiful weather out there, man. Man, the weather out here has been amazing, right, compared to the one year when we got rained on. That's just <laughs> but great weather, man. It made it, you know, worthwhile being down here, away from Chicago. But, man, give me one of your standouts because I know, obviously, you were focusing in on the running backs, receivers, tight ends. So kind of give me one of your guys, man, A.W. You were just like, Chris, this is a guy that the Bears really should be looking long and hard at. Chris, I was looking at Ricky uh, Purcell. I mean, dude, this guy at wide receiver was just getting open, man. I mean, you talk about his route run ability. The catches that he was making, I mean, he was consistent. I don't think he dropped the pass, man, at all. And I think this guy really turned it up, man. You talk about the first day, did very well. Second day, duplicate that same type of effort. And looking at him running these different routes, I mean, I mean, very different routes, you know, to get open and make those catches, he spoke a lot of value to those scouts. You know, it's interesting that you said about him always being open because the one thing about him is his route running. His route running is really, really fucking good. But then the consistency with his hands, he did not drop anything on Tuesday or Wednesday. And that says a lot about him, man. And I would say this. You interviewed him and you also interviewed Lad, And I think both of those receivers are really going head up against mm -hmm. each other to see who's going to be their, their preferred pick for an NFL team. Yeah, man, and it was interesting talking to Ricky, you know, uh, because, you know, uh, he's a nice guy and he's a humble guy as well. But one thing he did bring up, you know, that uh, he wanted to do, he pretty much said that Perez, his goal was to get out here to the Senior Bowl and make an impact, you know. And I think for him, he was like, look, my words, you know, I got to put some, some action behind it. And he felt he was able to do that. So I got to give him a lot of credit because he did step, step up to the plate, man, and do a phenomenal job. And it got the eyes of a lot of people, man. As I mentioned, the scouts, everyone who realized that this kid can really play. 
dude, it was a crowd of people around him media-wise. So shout out to you, man, for being able to get some time with him because I'm sure it was not easy. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't easy at all, man. I mean, dude, to your point, man, it was like a camera every way, everywhere in his face. And I'm like, man, get a guy a little breathing room, man. But you know how it is, man, when someone does very well, the crew just come along. And um, he had a lot of attention headed his way. So a guy that really caught my attention, obviously, A-Dub, you know, a lot of people really rose to the occasion this week. A lot of people really helped their draft stock. But going into this week, there was a guy, Darius Robinson from Missouri, that I've noticed on film just from covering the line games that I was excited to see down here because I said, you know what, this is a guy that has a lot of talent. And I was impressed by what he did in the Big Ten. And I was like, I want to see what he does out here this week. And right. brother, this dude, all he's done is stack strong performances one after the other. And going into this week, he was kind of considered like a second-round type pick guy. And right now, I'm like, shit, he might have worked and forced his way into the first round. However, you never know what type of draft picks the Bears end up with. If this guy is somewhere down there at the bottom of the first round, I mean, you got a D-line prospect in Darius Robinson that I think has all the tools to be a disruptive player in this league. This guy has really shown to be somebody that's unblockable. He's gone up against some of the top linemen at the Senior Bowl and has dominated his one-on-one -on -one reps. And I also think A-Dub, he's been the best defender on that American team pretty much all week. Chris, I can't do nothing but agree with you on that part because watching those 11-on-11, you know, um, drills it was like man this guy find his way in the backfield all the time he gave he gave the o-line problems the first and second day of practice true that and you know i got a chance to to talk with him and a couple things that kind of really resonated with me he was humble but cocky at the same time and i like that type of energy right so he was like basically he came out here to show people that he's the best defensive lineman in this draft right he didn't do it with any sort of like a smile on his face. He looked at me dead ass serious. And I respect it. I was like, okay, cool. I said, who do you model your game after? And he said the Chiefs, Chris Jones, and Max Crosby for the Raiders. Mm. And I said, okay, what is it about either of those two? And he said, when it comes to a Chris Jones, he says the power and how he kind of gets leverage against Lyman. And he said, when it comes to Max, he said he's got four quarter energy. And I looked and I said, brother, I said, he don't stop. <laughs> and he said, yeah, he said that he's that that's the type of energy that I'm after. He said, that's the type of player that I'm trying to be. And when I put both of those things together, I'm like, well, shit, man, if that's what you bring it, if that's how you coming, I said, the Bears would love to have a guy like you on that defensive front. And uh, he did mention that he has heard from the Bears. It just tells you, Perez, when you think about the players that you look up to, the players that you want to be. I mean, hey, he picked the right people. So, and he has a good reason behind it. And that's what he talked about playing with a purpose, man. And I got to give a, him a lot of credit for that. Another standout press from day two, man, was Isaiah Davis. I mean, this kid showed a lot in the passing game. Um, he caught the ball very well, press. He ran some very good routes. I mean, when he had the ball in his hands, he avoided a lot of tackles, man to get those yards after the catch. I mean, this is a kid, man, who really um, really showed a lot in that second practice. And he was one of the ones that really stood out. And I'm kind of glad I got a chance to really talk with him because I wanted to really, you know, dive a little bit deeper into the insight of what he was thinking, you know, 
these couple practices and, you know, what really, you know, um, helped him out a lot, you know, through, throughout his journey. And he did talk about, man, when it come down to run the football and things of nature, he brought Barry Sanders. He was like, man, I watched a lot of film on Barry Sanders, you know, growing up. And I saw how he used to avoid a lot of tackles and all those different things. And you and I both know how that Detroit line was way back when, man, how Barry Sanders had to make his own line, right? So he kind of used that to his advantage and learning from that. And then also, man, you know, just looking at a guy like Joe Mixon that he said that he also looked at as a guy who he patterned his, his game after and seeing what Joe Mixon has been able to do in the NFL, he was like, hey, that's a guy that has similar traits that I have, you know, and I want to look at him as a guy that I can pattern my game after. So I got to give um, Davis a lot of credit, man, in that sense, and picking the right people to possibly learn from. I like that, man, and I will tell you this about Isaiah. Day one, pretty quiet out there on the field, but I would say day two is really where you saw him shine. And with him coming from an FCS program, I always like when those prospects get an opportunity to come to a senior bowl because this is probably the most exposure that they've been able to get to them because a lot of people aren't familiar with those type athletes. Now, the biggest thing with him is he came into the senior bowl, A-Dub, with question marks surrounding him and his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield. Right. And what you see this week from him is he showed people that he has the ability to do that. He just didn't have a lot of opportunities in college to do so. But the biggest takeaway that I have from him, and A-Dub, thank you for bringing this guy up because he is someone I really love the Bears to look at. He's a very patient runner. He's got some good size to him, but he's explosive, right? So you think about a guy like that in the red zone and what that would be able to do for your offense. And the good thing about that, Perez, his style of running, to your point, with patience, is different from the running backs that we have on roster right now. So you add him to that type of equation, it's like, oh, we get a different type of running back, right, with that patience and explosiveness that you just alluded to. I just really enjoyed this watch him out there you know, get an opportunity to really impress the scouts. And also, I just love when people like that answer the bell. You know, it's, it's just you only get so many opportunities to impress in this league, and I just really appreciate what he was able to bring to the table. Yeah, good for him, man, for definitely stepping up to the plate, Chris. I like how you um, definitely teed that part of it up because that's one thing you got to do, man, throughout these practices. You want to show that consistency, but definitely elevating from day one to day two, man. You got to give him a lot of credit, man, for answering the bell for sure on that note. My last standout from day two is Jackson Powers Johnson, the center from Oregon. Now, day one, we all saw what he did out there, Mr. Pancake, Pancake City. <laughs> you know what I mean? Prince. <laughs> you know, he was out there really just like making the defensive people that he had to face really regret that decision getting in the trenches with him. When I got a chance to talk with him after the practice on Tuesday, he mentioned how he came into the week kind of dealing with a little bit of an injury, right, that he sustained during training. But he said, you know what, I want to give it a go this week. And I will tell you this, man, even though he left practice early on Wednesday's practice, I thought that he did enough on Tuesday and the brief part of Wednesday that he was there to really prove to people that he belongs, and he probably is going to be an early day two draft pick, hopefully one that the Bears are looking at, because we have a gaping hole at the center position, A-Dub. Yes. And this, and this guy right here would bring that nastiness that I always talk about wanting on that offensive line. And, brother, could you imagine the holes that he would be able to open up in the run game? Because when I was watching these running backs really getting loose out there, I'm like, most of the time it was because they were running behind Jackson Powers. 
he could be a really, really nice addition to this Bears team, man. Like I said, he's done a phenomenal job this week, but I thought he was he continued to stand out. I'm glad you brought him up, Fred, because um you hit on the head, man, about our Chicago Bears, man. That is a hole on the team for sure. And if he has that nastiness like a Tevin Jenkins, man, woo, that's what you like to see when the old line, man. Somebody that really can open those holes up for the running backs. And I can see a lot of these running backs enjoying the opportunity to, to run behind somebody like that, man, who will definitely give them some opportunity to explode. But I'm glad the fact that Ryan Poles and Co. have him on the radar. Let's shift over to day three, A-Dub. So yesterday, you know, that practice, I would say the first practice was super spirited. Uh, I really enjoyed the, how that uh, American team kind of got after it. Give me one of your standouts from that practice there on, th on Thursday. One of my standouts, Prez, was uh, Ben Sennett. I thought he played very well because a lot of the times you saw, right, when it came down to the tight ends, the wide receivers, running backs, they played a lot you know, in the red zone and just watching how Ben maneuver in the red zone when it came to blocking the physicality press. And then also, you know, one-on-one -on -one matches showing ability to get open, running some nice routes. I mean, even playing physical to even get open. I'm like, man, Ben, that's how you do it, man. Make way for yourself, right? Uh, as long as you do, of course, without getting the flag, but that's what he did a lot of work, man, in that way and creating separation, and getting open and making those catches, to me, that's what stood out. And I'm like, this kid right here, man, that's what you want. If you're going to have another tight end in Chicago, you want somebody that's just that physical as he is, who can block very well, and also show some very good flashes of what he's able to do in the passing game. So when you talked to him, did he mention who he paired his game after? Because one of the things that I, I've noticed with watching film on him, I watched a lot of Kansas State games last year. And – I will say this. He added a lot of fucking muscle to his frame over the course of his last season, right? And even despite the fact that he added that extra weight, his ability as a route runner still shined through. But I was just curious if he mentioned to you if he patterned his game after any certain people, if there was any tidbits that he'd share with you. But one thing he did say, he was like, look, I'm playing against some of the best, you know, people down here in the senior bowl who are going to be going to the NFL draft. So he was like, look, I had to pretty much adjust to what they were doing and make some adjustments to the speed and all that stuff, the physicality of the game, man. And once I was able to do that, I was able to really stand out a little bit more from day one to day two for sure. And I think that's what he was trying to do, really show that, hey, he can compete. Because he also realized, Chris, that he had some competition on his own team with Wiley and Bale. He was like, man, they've been awesome as well. So he was like, I got to continue to step my game up right to show that I belong. I'll also say, too, that the guy has some pretty impressive footwork um, to the point that you're making about some of the things they were doing down there in the red zone. He had that one touchdown play where he faked out the defender and went up the sideline, a little toe-tap touchdown. I yeah. said, man, this guy's got some really nice athleticism. He does, man. I think a guy that big – because you look at his size, right? He's a big guy, right? And um, the fact is he doesn't look like he has that type of skill set until you just really watch him do his thing. And to your point, Perez, the footwork is impressive, man. You're like, this guy got some skills, man, and he finds his ways to find a way to get open and make big plays. And like you said, that touchdown, man, was a big play. I would say for me, uh, Gabe Hall, defensive lineman from Baylor, another guy that really impressed me. 
he's been disruptive pretty much the entire week, A-Dub. And you talk about a guy that doesn't care about the matchup, just wants to go out there, whoever he lines up against, he just wants to destroy them. When I got a chance to talk with him after Thursday's practice, I said, okay, you've had a lot of matchups out here. There's been a lot of chatter about how you performed in these matchups. I asked him, is there a particular matchup that you were a little bit more excited going up against this person or somebody that gave you a little trouble out there? And he was like, no. He said, nobody gave me any troubles out there. And he said, as far as matchup, he said, I'm good with going up against whoever it is. It don't matter to me. He said, my objective is to dominate. And I was like, looking at him, I was like, I like that damn answer because it don't matter who's lined up in front of you, right? He was like, my mission <laughs> is to beat my matchup. And that's what he did. He did that consistently, A-Dub. And then you look at the guy, size, he's imposing, 6'6", 290. When I was standing there looking at him and I was trying to record him, shit, I had to sit here and I'm like, man, I got to hold my phone up because to get make sure he get in the frame. That's how big and imposing the cap was. <laughs> Yeah, man. I was looking at you, Fred. I said, man, Fred, that's a big dude on you, bro. Look at your camera, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, brother, I'm telling you, he would be a tailor-made choice for my Eva Fusa, that defense, right? You just got a guy that's nasty, that has some evolving pass rush skills, but has a motor. And that's what I want. I want somebody on this defense that has that motor, that is another piece of added to this defense to take things to the next level. So Gabe Hall, Baylor, another standout for me for Thursday. Gabe Hall, that's what I'm talking about, Prez. I want to make sure I'm, I remember that name as well. But one thing you did allude to, bro, was his mission. You know, doesn't matter who he faces, man, and what his goal is. Those type of players you want, man. Those type of players who are relentless, who just don't give up and just keep coming, man. So I like how you phrased that up. Another guy, the guy who I thought, bro, who started to turn things up and has been consistent pretty much through all three days, bro, that I cannot forget about is Cody Schrader. I thought Cody Schrader, man, showed a lot, Perez. I mean, his running ability, his speed. Even when you just watch him go through just basic drills, you can see, man, the skill, the footwork, the speed, the aggressiveness. I mean, he got it all, man. And then you see him catch the football in one-on-one matches. It's like, man, this kid, man, can, can really run it, you know, can really catch it as well. But when you do see him run the football, man, you see some patience out of him too, Perez. Got patience. And I would say a guy like him, man, really shine, got the scouts' attention. I would say for me, A-Dub, I want to make sure that I highlight Isaiah Adams again. I talked about him on the first episode, man, but this guy – I think came into Senior Bowl week as a prospect that maybe a lot of people weren't as high on just because of, you know, playing on the Illinois team that underperformed last season. But as I mentioned on the last show, at Illinois, he took one for the team. He played mm -hmm. in a position that basically was not necessarily his tailor-made position, but he did it because it was for the betterment of the team. But now we see him down here in, in Mobile, playing on the interior of the line, playing guard, playing at center. But the reason why Isaiah has just kind of like shined to me this week is because he's done it quietly for the most part, right? Tuesday practice, out there dominating one-on-ones. Like I said, getting those reps at center, showing the versatility, being very uh, skilled in his technique. But then the thing that's centered apart on Thursday's practice is it was less about the quiet, and he started to make some fucking noise. And he started banging heads with people out there. And I talked about Gabe Hall. Gabe Hall and Isaiah Adams had some epic one-on-one -on -one battles. 
And I know Gabe Hall, you know, if you hear this, Gabe, I'm sorry. But I'm sorry. Isaiah Adams, ooh, he, he had your number in a couple of mortal wolves. <laughs> I wish you'd have been honest about that. I wish you'd have been honest about that. But however, man, it's all love. It's all good fun, man. These guys are out there competing. But Isaiah Adams, interior offensive line, we always talk about positional versatility with this Bears team. Isaiah Adams has made himself a shit ton of money this week. We're going out here and taking this opportunity and running with it once again. Man, Chris, I'm glad you got a chance to uh, talk with the guy and get some insights from my man. But uh, to your point, he really stood out. And you talk about stock rising, man. I think he's one of those guys. To that point, I got to give it to him, man. Illini was represented in the building. And I just love his story from just being able to sit. I got a chance to sit down and talk with him a couple times, right? He's yep. even agreed to come on the show. The thing that I really liked about Isaiah is the fact that he's from Canada. And there's not a really big scene out there when it comes to college football in Canada. He wanted an opportunity to play college football. So he sent his tape out all over the country. So every college program out there. Garden City Community College called him back, gave him an opportunity to come out there and play. He did two years at Garden City. Then transfer to Illinois. The rest was history, right? So you talk about a guy that had an unorthodox journey to college football. You have a guy that nothing was given to him. These are the type of stories and these are the type of people that I like to bet on because he bet on himself. He went out there, sought the opportunity, but then took advantage of the opportunity when it was put in front of him. And when you take a full advantage of that opportunity, man, and do something with it, Perez, you got my respect. Now, I think this guy really proved that, hey, you know what? I belong here. I deserve it, and I put the work and time in, and I proved to the world that I belong here as well. The guy showed up. Anybody else, A-Double, before we get out of here? My last standout is Anaya Smith. This kid can actually ball, Perez. Had some great catches out there. But one of the things about him that resonated with me is the fact that we were able to build a report with him. And it was similar to what we did with Tyson Anderson, an audience you remember, we had him on our show. We met him at the Senior Bowl. He was a great guy. We built, built a relationship with him as well. And he's just been a phenomenal person just to talk to about football and about his journey. And Anaya Smith reminds me of him because talking with him, Perez, the one thing that stood out to me as it did with Tyson Anderson was about his family and the support that he gotten from his family and how they pretty much thank their family for helping them get to where they are. When talking with Smith, it was his mom, his dad, and how they actually been going to all of his games, Fred, since he was a kid, and how they pretty much inspired him to be who he is today. And that really resonated with me because, you know, when you think about this, a lot of times, man, a lot of players who are playing sports in general they need support from somebody, whether it's family, friends, don't mm -hmm. make a difference, man. Somebody to stand there and be there for them. And talking with Tyson Anderson, seeing how it was in his family, we talked with him and how we really became very good friends with him. And now looking at Smith the same way and how he talks about his family, it just stands out to me. And just seeing how they are there and showing up for him, how they're in the stands, the same way Tyson Anderson's family was in the stands, it just resonates that much with me and just brought out some similarities. As I always say, A-Dub, it takes a village, right? And 
to the point that you made. I think that's what makes this event, the Senior Bowl, so powerful, right? Because obviously we're down here to cover football. We're obviously down here to get the content that the audience wants. But every once in a while, you have a connection with someone that extends beyond the football field. We had that with Tyson Anderson, and now, again, with Anais. And that's what makes this event second to none to me. And seeing that support that he had from his family, seeing how they were riding for him, man, come on, bro. With that type of support, man, you could go through the moon and back. <laughs> and it's like you never left, right? Right. Because, you know, families is what's important. Families everything. And you can see how proud he was when you were over there talking to him for him to show you his family, for you to talk to his mom. Like, that's what this shit is all about, bro. Football, yeah, that's one piece of it. But, man, I just loved that whole interaction you had with their family. It was really dope, man. Man, I appreciate that, Perez. But one thing I will just tell the audience, man, when you have support, sometimes that's the difference between winning and failing. You know, it's a really thin line right there. So if you can provide that support to any kid, you know, that you feel that, hey, who's on the right track, you want to see them do well, just show up for them, man. Just show up because that can make a huge difference in the outcome. The, the last guy that I wanted to bring up was Tavondre Sweat. Now, I know a lot of people that watch college football, you know that name. You you can't miss him on the football field. He's a massive human being. <laughs> and, and, a, and, a, and another guy that I was struggling to, to record within my camera frame, just a big-ass person. But however, man, this guy was another talent out there this week that dominated, that really put out some really good film. Now, everybody wants to see here talk about his weight. Oh, he didn't weigh in at the senior bowl. Who gives a fuck? He can play. He can move. I didn't see any problems with his conditioning. At the end of Thursday's practice, they dubbed, they had the linemen out there catching passes and scoring touchdowns and shit, which I thought was really dope. Right. <laughs> and, and Tavondre, he ran around and scored a touchdown and hit a Heisman pose. And I asked him about that. I said, what was up with that Heisman pose? And he joked with me and he said, well, I had to do it, man, because he was like, I really should have won the Heisman. But he said they played me, you know what I'm saying? But he said, but you know, says shout out to <laughs> shout out to Jaden. You know, he said he said he balled out. But just it gives you an example of just not only the fact that this guy's a monster on the football field, but off the field. I like that he had a little vibe to him, man. He was really cool, really uh conversational, but did thank me for taking the time to interview him. How many athletes say that? Most of the time it's us, hey, thank you for your time. He was like, No, thank you. See, it's stuff like that, man. It's like those little things like that about a person that it just reminds you of like, man, you know what? Some of these kids just get it. And Savandre Sweat is one of them. And he's somebody that I think has definitely moved up the draft board. And Ryan Poles, Matt Eberflus, I already know you guys watched the college football semifinals. But this kid right here, man, is an immovable force in that defense. And I can just only imagine him. Man, boy. Being that three technique for Matty Bufu's led defense, mercy. We, <laughs> I gotta love that right there, Perez. He's just one of those guys, you know. And just to see the respect, the character that he has, it speaks volume, man. And it just says a lot about him as a person. So that's the type of guy that Eva Flues and Ryan Poles will love to have on the team. But I hope the chips fall the right way, bro. And I'll tell you the one last thing on him, he surprised me. So at the end of our little interaction, I said, man, so what, what, what's on the playlist, man? What, what, what music kind of gets you ready for, for a week like this? 
And my man said some country music. And then, you know, <laughs> he's, he's a black guy. So I'm sitting here like, oh, I'll say country. I said, who? He said, Luke Holmes. He's a country boy. And I said, oh, wow. So we had a lot of people when I posted that, that interview, they was like, yes, sir. They was like, we got a country boy, Luke Holmes. Like all the, all the Texas <laughs> people, they came out of the woodworks. I was like, all right, shout out to Texas. You know what I mean? Yeah. They, they 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 showed up for your boy Tavondre, but no man, it was a great interaction with him. Like I said, really good conversation. Humble, that's the thing that I got from him. Humble, respectful, but on that football field, boy, he a terror. <laughs> he understands, bro, what the job at hand entails, man, on that field. But when he take that shield off, man, and just become a human being, man, he has that in him. I gotta love that. Yes, sir. Well, listen, A-Dub, man, this has been another dope and successful Senior Bowl week. Audience, we appreciate you guys. And knowing that DBE boys is going to have you guys covered for all things, not even just Senior Bowl content, but off-season content. Because you know we're going to be at the Combine. You know we're going to be at the NFL Draft. We got you guys covered, man. And you know what? We're not fanboys about it either. We're not showing up to these events wearing Chicago Bears memorabilia. We're not here trying to take pictures with team staff. We just here to get content. No clout, all work. Appreciate y'all, and we are out.